Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. I'm the girlfriend, Cindy. I'm not the girlfriend, Josh. <laughs> it, it always is so weird to call... Like, I don't think it's as weird to say girlfriend as it is boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll be talking to colleagues... And something about your profession will come up and I'll say, well, I'll ask my, I hate seeing boyfriends I'm in my 40s, but my boyfriend. And I, yeah, it's awful. You know what we could, I, I know, my that, male I know suitor. that the word girlfriend is in the title, but we could be progressive adults and just use the term partner. That's awful. That's so generic. No, but it's, it's actually awesome because then it includes everyone. It sets like a precedent, you know, so like boyfriend, girlfriend, you have to gender it. I, I understand, but uh, no. So I'm just going to say partner because... Because... Girlfriend sounds like we go to the mall and braid each other's hair. To be fair. No, that's not true. You've never let me braid your hair. Uh, I would, but I wouldn't <laughs> go to the mall because I hate the mall. Well. I hate people and I hate commerce. So welcome to the episode. Welcome to the show where my history, horror, my horror of history, history of horror loving honey, hey... <laughs> introduces me to horror and scary movies one strange category at a time so for the month of february we have been doing comedian horror and movies we've been drinking maple syrup straight from the bottle straight from the bottle just ask my highly alliterative girlfriend thank you partner person <sighs> Ooh, can we just call each other partner person partner people i already this haircut makes me look makes people question my sexuality already i don't need to add to it spoiler alert i used to have very long hair and i cut it all off and i essentially have josh's haircut and every time that my children see me they go oh you look more like more like lesbian every day so every time she talks shit about her haircut Mm -hmm. She's talking shit <laughs> about my haircut. No, because you have beautiful angel hair and I have curly craziness. Okay, we are watching not Psycho Gorman. The Void. The Void. Psycho Gorman. Is that the right one? Did I get the old title? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, we are the, watching The Void. The Void. Is that like, if this is a movie about the Noid from Domino's, I'll be very it, annoyed. It is. This is. Great. This is sponsored by Domino's, and it's about a masked man who rides a jackhammer and steals <laughs> pizza from delivery drivers. In Manitoba. Yeah. It is in Canada. So That's yes. why I said it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, spot on, man. Like, we don't need to finish the episode. You All got right. that one right Cut out the gate. Print. <laughs> All right, so what are we watching? We're watching... The Void. The Void. Came out what year? This was released April 7th of 2017. Oh. It is new. Yeah. Those of you fans of the podcast know that if it's new, that means it's going to be worse. I can't stand jump scenes. It's also... I just can't... Not rated. Oh, fuck my dick. <laughs> and it is a super lengthy one hour and 30 minutes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is why horror and I do kind of match up because I don't like long movies and long times I have to sit still. So horror movies are generally under two hours. Your oldest, Ben, mm-hmm. is... A teenager. Yeah. Very, very, very similar in that respect. Sorry. Which is why 
it blows my mind that his favorite movie is Midsummer. Oh, he loves it. Because that shit's like three hours. Not only does he love that movie, but if you talk during it, he pauses it and looks at you like he he like took 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 one from the page of Josh. If you talk during Midsummer, he just pauses it and stares at you. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna miss something. Yeah, he literally talks through every other movie that's ever been made. (laughs) He's about to be a teenager. So okay, just that one. That one's the only one he makes an exception for. (laughs) So 2017, I had a seven year old. I had a 12-year-old. Uh, what else was going on? What, about, what was going on in the world? I was working at the Y, and I thought the world was ending because this was the year of 2017. You thought 2017 was the end of the, uh, end of the world? It was pretty bad. Uh, so that was the year Donald Trump was sworn in as president. That oh, January. Yeah. Followed by the Women's March the following day. Yeah. Do you remember this? Kim Jong-nam, Kim Jong-un's half-brother, was, was assassinated yep. in that Kuala Lumpur airport yep. with nerve toxin. The solar eclipse that Trump stared into. <laughs> uh, without glasses on. <laughs> in the mean- meanwhile, like whenever there was some sort of solar something or another, we we my grandpa would have us use his welding helmet. You know, because it's essentially the same thing. And even with that, I didn't like to look at the sun. So I used to just close my eyes and say, I looked. Because <laughs> I was so worried. We always did the paper thing. I know. We poke a hole at the paper and all the other paper below it. Yeah. That, thanks, Mr. Ice in fifth grade science. Shout out to Mr. Ice. He had a hairy palm from a car accident. And he had mm-hmm. his skin grafted. And his the palm hair grew in the palm. Mm-hmm. Was okay. He did not jerk off like All crazy. the time. Promise. If you saw him, you'd be like, Harry that man has never jerked off ever. <laughs> uh, that was, speaking of, that's a great segue into a humanitarian crisis in Yemen, Somalia, South Sudan, and Nigeria happened yeah. that year. Yeah. Uh, Brexit began. And is still going on. James Comey was fired from the FBI. Robert Mueller was appointed as the special counsel. <laughs> the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville happened. I remember oh, where God. I was when that went down. Do you remember where you were when that went down? I remember I was when I heard about it. Or I, I didn't, don't remember where I was while it was going on. I was in a shitty hotel oh, room man. with Jason Jens <laughs> after a night of Brown chicken brown making. <laughs> That's his real partner. Uh, after a night of sleeping off a, a, a power drunk. And we woke up and we turned on the news and it was just dudes in polos screaming and we were like what the fuck is happening yeah it was uh it was a thing Mm. that was also the year of hurricane harvey Mm -hmm. hitting houston especially Mm -hmm. with hurricane irma not too far behind hitting puerto rico oh yeah and they've still not recovered nope but don't worry trump gave him some paper towels uh he threw them at him so also the year of the las vegas mass shooting oh my god yeah okay now i know why you thought the world was and it ended with Disney announcing the purchase of 20th Century Fox. Bum, bum, bum. All of that was bad fucking news. Yes, fanboys, I included For Disney buying so. 20th Century Fox as being a shitty, shitty thing to happen. But I'm not gonna go. Into, I'm not gonna elaborate. But it sucked and it's stupid and it's gonna ruin the future of movies down the road. I promise you, it will. Okay. People that died you heard that it here year, first. Beyond 20th Century Fox. Uh, John Hurt, Mary Tyler Moore, mm, William gosh. Peter Blatty, the author of The Exorcist and the guy who directed Exorcist 3, the best Exorcist sequel. Okay. Bill Paxton. Yeah. 
Seijin Suzuki, the Japanese filmmaker that I heart with all of my heart. Jonathan Demi, George Romero. That one just hurts. I was going to say, that, <laughs> that just, that's the one that you should be more upset about. That just about. hurt coming out of my mouth. Jerry Lewis and Toby Hooper. Not, Ooh, a, good not a good year, year for you. For uh, the new words were ghost or ghosting. Mm-hmm. There's even a show on MTV about it now, apparently. It's yeah. an ad for it. Photobomb. And most importantly, because Trump was our president, word salad. I thought it would be the kofifi. No, word salad. I hate it. Like, when you just say a whole string of shit that makes no sense, it's nonsensical. It's like, yeah, you said words, but they meant nothing. All right, back to the movie. (laughs) So this movie was co-written and co-directed by Jeremy Gillespie, who wrote Manborg, (laughs) which is a movie that we will 100% watch on this podcast at some point. Weirdo. And he was also in the the art department for Shape of Water and a couple other Del Toro movies. He is a writer, director, actor, producer, composer, and art department artist. Damn. That's like the love witch. Mm -hmm. Did a little bit of everything. And then Stephen Kostansky is kind of the bigger... That's not a Polish last name. He's the bigger name of the two. So he's the co-writer and director of Manborg. He's the writer-director of Psycho <laughs> Gorman. and microwave programming. So we actually came down to two of his movies being the final for Canadian Month. Oh, you mentioned that in the yeah. last episode, yeah. And he's the director of Leprechaun Returns. Which sequel is that? It's the latest Leprechaun movie. How many would that be? I don't even know. There's so, Whoa. so many. Okay. There's so many Leprechaun movies. It's crazy. Now let's talk about who's in this fucking thing. Who stars in this movie? Who stars in this fucking movie? Who stars in this fucking thing? Fucking. That's how you say it if you're Canadian. Fucking. Fucking. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, Aaron Poole plays Daniel Carter. You would know him as Sean on Schitt's Creek. Yes, I would. (laughs) Yes, I would. the lead of this movie. Okay. Kenneth Welsh is Dr. Richard Powell. You and I know him. As Wyndham Earl, Dale Cooper's former partner in Twin Peaks. (laughs) I do know Wyndham Earl. Yeah. We're two for two. Okay. We're two for two in me knowing, remembering what that was in. Uh, Daniel Fathers plays aptly a character called The Father. I'm hearing a lot of male names. He's Clarence in the movie Snatch, which I think is super fun and is not about vagina. Nope. It's actually about a heist. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a British movie. Uh, Kathleen Monroe plays Allison Frazier. There's one. Ellen Wong plays Kim. You know her and love her as Knives Chow from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yep. And Jenny Che in the TV series Glow. Okay. And lastly... Okay, yeah, I knew she. I didn't realize it was the same person. Yeah. Oh, that's not uh, good to me. Lastly... All Asian people look like... Stop! <laughs> lastly, special shout out to Art... Hindle. Art Hindle, you got a special shout out. Yeah, uh, he's Mitchell. Mitchell! He played Ted in Porky's. <laughs> he was the <laughs> fur jacketed Chris in Black Christmas, where you're like, who's that Joe Namath looking Oh, name? yeah. That's him. Okay. And I'll see if I can remember the face. He was Frank, the husband and father in David Cronenberg's The Brood. Okay. Okay, then I will know who he is. Yes, okay. But he is uh, considerably older than you remember Wait. being in The Brood. Now I'm thinking of Arthur Fonzarelli. That's not right. 
so uh, two pieces of trivia to throw at you, and why this movie's interesting. I that I can pull the name Henry. That I can pull the name Arthur Fonzarelli before Henry Winkler. Yeah, I think there's a piece of trivia. I think that's most people. <laughs> most people over the age of forty. Yeah. Uh, so this movie was actually crowdfunded on Indiegogo. All right. And they were able to raise enough money that almost all of the effects are practical. There's very little CG in this movie. I like practical and effects. it looks fucking awesome. Okay. I'm nervous. I te- and the earlier the movie, the wor- more worried I am. Are there any cameos or special people I should be looking for other than our Twin Peaks fan friend? Nope. All right. Well, then show me a poster so I can try and discern meaning of what this movie's about. All right. Here we go. Nothing. All right, it says The Void. We've got from the executive producer of The Witch, Pure Cosmic Dread. So I've got the Illuminati Triangle, the one that's on top of our pyramid on our money for some reason I don't understand. We've got tentacles coming out from it and a man or woman, baldy, bowing before it. The Void. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this movie is all based on the saying, when you stare at the void, the void stares back. And that somebody is like obsessed with the night and sees something they shouldn't have seen. And now they're part, they, the, they're part of the nothing that is the void. The never ending story. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to say That was two the first single I ever bought with my own money. That's awesome. It was on a it was on a record. <laughs> it's a 45. It, it right? was a single. Yeah, 45. Uh, okay, so <laughs> God, I sound a lot older when I say that. I think that this movie's going to freak you out. One. Great. Two. You know that they're stretching in America when they're like from the executive producer of another movie you've heard of. <laughs> it's like executive producer. Yeah, it's like from so the, the guy who gave who money to make a movie that you liked but had no creative control or influence on besides gave money to being this a money one. person oversaw yeah. production of this movie too. Hmm. That's a fucking stretch. I don't know. Yeah. And and lastly and lastly. three lastly. Hmm? Creepy, weird Black inky spot thing. Mm-hmm. Check. Dude bowing in prayer on poster. Check. Mm-hmm. Tentacles. Check. For those of you playing at home, this hits up Lovecraft boxes. Oh, okay. Minus the inherent got some racism thing going on. of HP Lovecraft, which we'll talk about at some point. Uh, Roger. <laughs> okay. Where can we find this movie uh, so we can have our fans watch along with us? So I own this on Blu-ray, but it, it's somewhere at so you my can't borrow it. House that is currently covered in ice and without power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ice storms. So I'll be renting this on my PlayStation, probably through iTunes. Not iTunes. Um, Amazon. Amazon. Okay. Prime. I don't think it's streaming anywhere free. It might be on Shutter. I will double check. And if it is, I'll let you know. I'm pretty sure it's not. But I'm just going to rent this on Amazon. It's worth the rent? I mean, if you want to stay up with our show, it is. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Yeah, it is, it is actually. I could fall. I mean, I do enjoy this movie. All right. So. Well then, join us, won't you? By the doors. I can see it all before me. Get 
far. Before we begin, I need everyone to know that we watched this movie in the middle of the night during an ice storm. That will be very important as we talk about this movie. Yes. Okay, welcome back to another, uh, after watching The Void. This movie partially makes me sad because there was Mm. a really good coffee shop that was female owned in Charleston. It was Mm -hmm. called The Void and I really liked it and it closed and it makes me sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Support female-owned businesses, FYI. This movie, like, I know the theme of the podcast and what we signed up for as far as, you know, trying to kill me and whatnot, but this movie kind of did. This movie, we had to pause it for quite a while um, and so I could calm down for a minute. Yeah. And it wasn't even at, like... One of the jump the jump scares got me every single time. There's a lot of yipping and yawling on my side, but <laughs> like a, a third of the way through the movie, a character reaches up to turn on a light, and at that exact moment, our power went out, and I screamed so loud, I thought I would melt the ice. It was insane. Yeah. And and then it took me a minute. Like, I realized, you know, it was just a coincidence. But for such a split second, I thought that everything was going to happen. Like, this was the ring, I guess. <laughs> like, like, this like is this how movie, it happens. Okay. This movie had somehow Lovecraftian turned real. And, and, and the boundary. here we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my reaction was... <sighs> It was like a threefold reaction. Like okay. the power went off and it only was off for a few minutes. So the power went off. I was like, oh, like just briefly startled by the fact the power kicked off. And then I went into I really hope it comes <laughs> back on because being without power fucking sucks. And the entire time he's doing this. And then I turn and I'm just witnessing you have this full on like meltdown it was like you were trying to keep your soul from escaping from your body and i was just Mm -hmm. and then i went for out so i was like oh 
oh, I hope it, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> it was like a full range of emotion. It took, and, and it honestly probably took that long. Like, don't think it happened in a split second. I screamed for a very long time. I had happening. to process that, like, what, like, okay, be rational, be real, calm down. And it took a minute or two. It was pretty amazing. It made me, yeah, it made me love you even more. Aww. I love you too, you son so of a bitch. This movie, uh, this movie, I surprised Josh because after it was over, I said, oh, this was very much like Hellraiser. It, it is. This is about a portal to hell and trying to bring someone back from the dead. I guess you, you clarified it, Hellraiser 2. It, it has a Hellraiser, Hellraiser 2 vibe. Vibe. This movie, and I guess we could talk about this now. Oh, so gross. Um, it was so gross. Yeah. There's some, the effects are pretty gnarly. Uh, and there's a reason for why the effects are so gnarly. They but did a great job, but it was so gross. This movie is like an amalgamation of like several other movies. Mm-hmm. It's like so, It's like the greatest hits of John Carpenter and some Clive Barker. There okay. was a lot in this movie where I'm like, because I'd only ever seen it once before. And I remember uh, watching it being like, yeah, I liked it. And I still watching it again. I'm like, I like it, but it's definitely like, it's like at times. Psychotic. For a lot of the movie. It's psychotic. Well, I'll say this for the back half, like the halfway point on, it plays a lot like a cover band. That's covering one of your favorite artists rather than like something. Like Meaning Hellraiser 2. Not just Hellraiser 2 because the, the the design, like the look is very Hellraiser, Hellraiser 2. Mm-hmm. But like the plot and the structure and actually down to some of the beats that occur in the movie are straight out of John Carpenter movies. Like what? What John Carpenter um, movies other than... Because I, I picked up on the Hellraiser thing because I was trying to make sense of the plot and I couldn't figure it out. And then at the end, when, surprise, the doctor, he looks just like Pinhead, like without the pins. Like he has like, but it's not like a BDSM suit. He, it's like his skin. He looked like Frank But it the was, first movie whenever he's like Yes, seamless. but it was, but his coloring even like, I'm looking, I had the privilege of looking at Pinhead because... Josh has that kind of stuff around. The coloring is even the same. Look at it. But it it's like shades of blue, and the way that his the chest was, was blue. Yeah, it was like red. Mm-mm. He was like a blue. blue. He was that coloring, and but rather than like that style of suit, it was like that was his skin or mus muscular. Sure, like the next member of that dress that was on the internet where people said it was two different colors. Where you watch The Void and you go, he was red or he was blue. No, he was clearly blue. Divides the internet. Yeah, there are moments in this movie, important beats in the back half of this movie, Mm -hmm. that I'm like, so that's like straight out of several John Carpenter movies. Is that why it was uh, crowdsourced or or crowdfunded? Because the idea was to do an homage of those movies? I don't think that's what they ran on. Okay. I think they were like, we want to do a Lovecraft movie that, be, that's different than Lovecraft movies in the past. And the setup is different. And I really like, it's so weird because this movie for me is a tale of two halves. Like the first half yeah. of the movie. The I setup, was going to say third. I fucking yeah. love the setup of this movie. The first half of this movie is amazing. And I it makes me really like it. Mm-hmm. And then... I don't know. It feels like the first half 
here they're doing all this stuff and they're recreating the wheel and I'm like, oh, I'm all in. And then it's like the halfway point. Suddenly they're like, so we're just gonna do a paint by numbers bit with movies you've seen before. Well, and, and I don't hear and me. It kind of loses me a little bit. Hear me out. Break it into thirds rather than half. So we have the first third of the movie would be where, like you said, they're recreating the wheel and take that up to right before he opens the door for the patient for the, to see the nurse stabbing the kid through the eye. Okay. So that's the first third. That's where they're setting up and kind of giving us everything. And then the second act is all about the layout and the rules of the world, right? So they know they can't leave because the white hood things are around them. We know that when they die, when you're when you're dead, you don't stay dead. There's some is you know like does that make sense? Like we learn those things and take that to when they go to the when they get the phone call from the morgue. Because then it becomes an entirely different movie from the morgue to the end where it becomes Hellraiser. It's a portal. It's all about yeah. going and coming back. And, you know, he lost his daughter and, it you know, he changed, fundamentally changed him. And you have all that gore for gore's sake. Yeah. <sighs> to me, it felt oh, like... I, and man, I get, it was gore for I gore's sake. I guess the thirds. Mm-hmm. But it, to me, it's like half, like almost halfway through the movie. You can just see the I like just, the something happened. I forget exactly what it was, but I was like, oh, they're just going to start doing Prince of Darkness. Yeah. John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness now. And they do a lot of beats from Prince of Darkness. And they do a lot of we monsters. We did Prince of Darkness, didn't we? That are, no, we haven't. Okay. Um, they do a lot of monsters that are similar to In the Mouth of Madness. Uh, or like in the same area as In the Mouth of Madness. They do. Maybe the that's same why reliance on they're trying to do like a a thing like John Carpenter's a thing thing with like the <laughs> use yeah, the word I thing more often. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how you, you squeeze it into that sentence more, but with trying to do all the effects the way they did them practical, and then it it's like this movie kind of took the production design of Hellraiser and Hellraiser two, so it is like a. It becomes like a mishmash. A hodgepodge. Of, it's like, here's all my favorite horror movies for the back half of this film. Here they are. Here it, And to me, I'm like, you're not doing anything totally new with that. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to but, uh, the Arkob method about it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I had really mixed feelings. Like, that, Well, that was going to be my next question. So overall, like, what did you think of this movie? Because it, you did, you do bring more... Back, you know what I mean? Like, I recognized the Hellraiser aspects, and it did take me out of it. You know, as soon as I was like, oh, okay, this is a portal. Got it. Okay. And then he's going to, okay. So, does that make sense? Like, yeah, at that point, it, it kind of, I was like, okay, I'm not scared anymore. You find tropes, and then you latch onto those tropes, and you're like, oh, so this is this kind of movie. Like, it's right. scarier when you have, like, no idea, like, what the fuck is happening. Right? Yes. When it's just like, who are these, like... That's what made um, the cube so interesting. Who are coming out of nowhere doing this crazy shit? Like, what is happening? Surprise! You'll never find out. And and the thing is, if they could have sustained the first half of the movie, I think we'd be talking about this movie like it was a modern classic. I th- yeah. What I thought was going to happen was was that the white hooded people were trained and they were trying to contain an invasion. And those two guys, the mute guy 
and the other guy, they're not like trained keepers, but like they, they've lost people and they've gone rogue to try to help. And so then the whole point of the movie is them in this hospital and realizing that, no, it's not that we can't, you know, we can't get out because they, they've quarantined, almost like a quarantine. Like, okay, just let those monsters, like, give it a whirl and then we'll burn this place down. And that was going to be the end of it. But it it did, it, it sure did flip the switch. <laughs> well, let's double back and... Because I don't think you actually gave like a synopsis oh, okay. of this movie. It's so hard to. Basically, it, it's what I just said. There's takes place at a hospital. And as people are dying, they're coming back as these monsters. And it turns out that the head physician was trying to open a portal to bridge between life and death to bring back his daughter who died. Spoiler alert, he does. And it's Kinda. creepy. What does is does IMDb give a? I can't think of any way to shorten that synopsis, and even that, I I don't think that was a good briefing of it. it yeah, you didn't mention the fact that it was a cop found a guy because it and put it's on the run from like a slaughterhouse, and then there's a cult. It's a whole thing. Yeah. But, oh gosh, yeah. Um, there's a whole cult involved. Valved. Here's a here's a synopsis on IMDb. All right. Give me to give it to me. When Sheriff Deputy Carter Aaron Pohl discovers a blood-soaked man limping down a deserted road, he rushes him to a local hospital with a bare bones night shift staff. Say that three times real fast. Okay. As cloaked cult-like figures surround the building, the patients and staff inside start to turn ravenously insane, trying to protect the survivors. Carter leads them into the depths. Of the hospital where they discover a gateway to immense evil. Because, and like... the floating black pyramid. I have the floating black pyramid. Yeah. Finding that kid and all like that. It wasn't integral to the story. The whole story was them just being at that hospital and the creatures kind of coming out. Yeah. Uh, and this checks the boxes for, like, Lovecraftian cosmic horror, right? Like, the whole idea of Lovecraft was... and. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk more about that next week uh, because Uh-oh. we're going to do a whole month of Lovecraft. But, Spoiler for that. Yeah, so the idea of cosmic Lovecraftian horror is there are things that are so beyond us and bigger than us that they don't give a fuck. Like, just seeing them can make us go crazy, one. That's a big Lovecraftian theme. Okay. Right? And then being near them can alter our base DNA in a lot of times in a lot of ways like the experience of being around them or going through these portals being like, so scared fundamentally oh. alters us at a base genetic level that's a recurring theme in a lot of um, Lovecraft and a lot of cosmic horror it's just like this elemental ancient evil from space and this hits those boxes yes but it's also kind of just reheating Scenes from other movies, especially in the back half. I feel like this is how I felt about Pin, but go ahead. So, yeah, with Pin, you were very versed in, like, V.C. Andrews, and you're like, oh, okay, I've seen this before. Yeah, I've it totally took me out of it. With this, I'm like, I've, I've seen Carpenter. I right. I know exactly, like, they took this from this and that from, that, from so, that. I mean, the way that they handle... I mean, down to the point where... Spoiler alert. Spoilers! How the sheriff's deputy takes the doctor out by tackling him through the open portal. 
Yes. That's straight from John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Like. Oh, I just guessed at that one. A.T. Like that same exact scene. And I think it's even shot the same way. Could it be that they're just saying that they're in a world where that movie existed? And so that's where he got his. No, I guess not. No, I think they're saying like, hey, guys, we're all big John Carpenter fans and we are. Right. I think everyone like we watched Starman. We did. uh, For Valentine's Day. I mean, that's a John Carpenter movie. John Carpenter's incredible. He's the he's like a master. But you, if you're going to take something from him, like, make it your own. Don't just reshoot scenes from his movies. So if we move into the Arkov formula for this movie, based on Samuel Z. Arkov's name, it's an acronym for the Perfect Exploitation Movie. Action. Yes. This movie starts out strong. It kind of doesn't stop the entire time. Correct. Uh, revolutionary. Not no. at all. And this is where, it, you know, the fault yeah. is. Killing hundreds, yeah. well, not hundreds, but it sure felt like it. it. It's very gory deaths too. Yeah, very gory. Oratory, not at all. It was very bland, very one-dimensional. I half agree with you. Oh, what? I liked a lot of the performances. I'm not gonna lie, but I think the doctor had a couple really good lines. I feel like you're only saying that because you're partial to him because he's in your favorite TV show of all well, time. I mean, we all love Twin Peaks. Let's be honest. If you don't like Twin Peaks, you can leave now, listener. Pull pull over to the side of the road if you don't like Twin Peaks. <laughs> and just... Leave your car run, leave the podcast playing, <laughs> and just get out of your car and walk away. It's not for everyone. It's fine. Continue. <laughs> but I would say that's the closest it comes to oratory. Um, okay. I, I would maybe give it like a half a point. Fantasy? Yes. yes. We're dealing with... You know, other worlds and Satan, or or no, it, it's not just other worlds. Uh, and then fornication. There's a pregnant girl. Does that count That's as weird that you find that being alluded to <laughs> sex at all? Like, well, because she she's having his baby, but that there's no like sex or anything in that. Now, let me ask you a question mm. off that real fast. Do you think that? In the context of this movie, she had sex with that doctor and got pregnant, or she was offering up her unborn child to that doctor, and that's what she meant by it as a vessel. I took it as the latter. Yeah. Not. I didn't think because no. he was very old. I don't. And and his intention was not for evil, or you know what I mean. His intention was. He wanted to bring people back. He wanted to overcome death. He wanted to know what yeah. was on the other side. So I don't think he would use some sort of sexual predatory thing. I think she was part of his cult. She found herself in a in in a family way and offered it. Yeah, just offered it up. Yeah, I. I, I and the grandfather the grandfather had no idea, but he just knew that he had to keep on bringing her out to that hospital because he, you know, he says, yeah, yeah. okay. I just wanted to double check to make sure we were reading that the same way because I, to me, it didn't read that they had been like having like an affair with like this last doctor. It was like she was pregnant and not necessarily wanting the child, maybe, or just being like, "Hey, I have a child growing inside me. You can have this is like a gateway situation." Correct. That, that's how I took thing, it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's correct or not. Is there any trivia about this? We went over a few, a few things. There's All a few right. things. So um, the hospital that was used for the film 
was actually not a hospital. It was a high school that they repurposed. It's oh, the, I can see that now. Yeah, it's the Sir James Dunn Collegiate and Vocational School in St. Marie, Ontario, Canada. Mm, so shout sounds out very to fancy. that place that's been shut down. Um, <laughs> and the idea was inspired by, I believe the two guys who wrote directed the movie were working on a film in the same building as Guillermo del Toro. Because del, del Toro was working on an, a Lovecraft adaptation called I, The Mountains of Madness, which is... I think his only novel, his like right. longest thing. Whatever happened to it? Um, it ended up not happening because it was going to be very expensive and very art. Oh, uh, and it was a whole thing. And maybe it will. It was going to actually start start Tom Cruise. Dang. So it was going to be Tom Cruise and Guillermo del Toro making a movie together. Oh my god! Can I you imagine? Was all on board for that. And it's just hasn't happened. It's not happening. Yeah. Thanks, COVID. Um, but Thanks, they, Rona. They were working in the same building as him, and they overheard him talking about Lovecraft and saying that he had wanted to do a Lovecraft adaptation that was beyond any way anyone had ever done or envisioned Lovecraft before. Like, Mm -hmm. they wanted to take it to a level that no one had ever been to before. And then they were like, that's really awesome. So that's what this movie grew out of. They were, you know... This idea of going above and beyond. They were just working on, like, this other movie in the art department and they're like talking Lovecraft every day and they're like we should do a Lovecraft movie okay and boom that's how it that's how it happened yeah okay. so the the Black Pyramid and the cult were intentionally left unexplained to allow the audience to fill in those blanks for themselves random that was they were like you know let's let people project whatever they want in there and they specifically modeled the pyramid on the one on the dollar bill yes to let conspiracy theorists have their little fun too they they left the canvas blank enough that you could start filling in your own shit there yeah and we talked about it was the, very yeah nondescript no yeah. yeah we talked about the effects so the reason why the effects were so good was this movie was originally crowdfunded we talked about yes. that at the beginning mm-hmm. so they raised eighty two thousand five hundred and ten dollars on indiegogo to Damn. make the movie Right? And then they ended up securing production money from an actual production company to make the movie. So they funneled every penny of that, is my understanding, into effects. Cool. They're like, here's our effects budget. It was, ugh. And gross. it fucking shows. I would say we talked about the cons of this movie mm-hmm. clearly being, hey, so this movie's just like a, at times, shot for shot remake of like other movies or, you know, a lot of like, hey, do you guys remember how you liked Hellraiser 2? Well, we, <laughs> we liked like it, it too. too. But on the flip side, the pro side, like this movie does start really strong. It does move. It's never boring. And the effects are really fucking good. They are indeed. Like it's all practical. There's no CG. At no point watching Ugh. the effects am I, do I ever go, eh, and it takes me out of it because no. I don't believe it. I agree. Like, I believe the effects because they look really good. It was foul. So... This movie's a bit of a mixed bag, but overall, I would say I enjoy it. All right. Just, it doesn't want to be as Okay, well, all right. So, it's the end of the month. We need to put these in order of how we liked them. So, I'm going to, okay. Well, let's recap. Let's recap, because I don't have a pen to write down. So, it's Pen, mm-hmm. My Bloody Valentine, Cube, and The Void. All Canadian. Okay, I'm going to put Pen at the top. Uno. Uno, number one. Number two... Bing! 
My Bloody Valentine. Follow Bloody Valentine up with Cube. No, with this one. Um, and then end it with Cube. Okay. How'd I do? I do all right? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty okay with your listing. It's your listing, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, what is your listing? I'm going to go with... Hmm? Hmm? If I went number four, I would probably go this movie. Okay. Bottom. This is so, my third, so I get that. I enjoyed it. It's just... No, I they had its faults, and they were the pretty future, big. In the future, if I want to revisit this movie, I'll just throw on a, you know... A John Carpenter movie. The... Several John Carpenter films I'm looking at right now. Uh, so I go, this is four. Three is Cube. Okay. I enjoyed it. I just enjoyed Pin more, which is two. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then... Bloody Valentine. Bloody Valentine is so fucking good. It's, it's so fun. fucking good. I would even go on record as saying it might be the best movie to watch for Valentine's Day. Like, of any genre. What? Okay. Like, it's... That's weird. I mean, not like romance. Not romance. Okay. It's not the most romantic movie. But if you want a movie that's going to punch you in the face every (laughs) scene and remind you that it's Valentine's Day. It's going to be that one. It's that fucking movie. Like, that movie doesn't miss a chance. (laughs) They even, like, they're like, hey, we need to name the town. Let's just call it Valentine's Bluffs. Like, fuck it. It is what it is, guys. My Bloody Valentine is so fucking good it was so good that you bought me the giant screen factory collector set that came with the minor action figure mm-hmm. and like a poster and he got a grab book. bag of all my bloody valentine stuff for valentine's day man i legit you legit love that movie like i really liked it and then when we rewatched it i don't know something about it, it really clicked and i'm like this movie's really fucking good. I do like this I movie. I really like this movie. The the kills and the effects are fucking killer. Yeah, so I, that's how I would fall for this month. Okay. Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Okay. No Cronenberg in sight. Tell me now. What are we doing next week? Well, next month, I suppose, I should uh, say. It's all Lovecraft. And mm. I know what someone's thinking. They're like, they're going to watch Reanimator. You're fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. We're not watching Reanimator because oh, okay. Reanimator. We're not doing it. Might be one of the best Lovecraft adaptations, but it doesn't feel very Lovecraftian. It's actually his early. It's a whole thing. We'll talk about it at some point, maybe. Okay. We'll definitely do Reanimator. Just we're not doing it next. All week. right. So people can prepare. Um, what are we doing next week? Gear up because we're going to do a lot of Stuart Gordon. I think at least two Stuart Gordon films. Okay. Can um, you- Tell us what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. We are starting next month. Next month. From Beyond. From Beyond. Well then, until next week. Stuart Gordon's From Beyond. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs>